I don't like them very much. Oh, really? You've never mentioned that before? Yeah, yeah. It might be hard to tell based off previous episodes in the podcast, but I really am not a big fan of Apple. What phone do you have? I've got a OnePlus. So like a Nokia 3310? I wish it was. Um, <laughs> no, I've got some some cheap like Chinese brand, uh, which, you know, has all the same issues as the Apple stuff, but, it, you know... I'm not pretending I don't. So did you buy it because it's not Apple? Well, I didn't buy it because it's not Apple. I bought it because it's Android and it wasn't super overpriced. Yeah, fair point. I, I do prefer Android as an OS, but that's just up to personal taste. What I've done at the moment is I'm waiting for my middle-class rich friend to get the new iPhone when it comes out in September. Right. And then he's going to sell me his uh, iPhone 7 or his 8. Right, um, for less. For, for like a knockdown price. Yeah, yeah. Because I've got an iPhone... F- five and it's lasted me for three years and yes. i have no intention of getting a new one because it does everything i need it to it's just quite slow and, and breaks a lot actually it doesn't break it's just it doesn't really charge and when it does charge it takes about two hours yeah batteries like one of the things that will go over time it's a shame like what happened to the old batteries of the old phones which would just last forever well i think the batteries we have on the new phones are much bigger than the old ones in terms of milliwatt hours or whatever it is but I'm pretty sure the new phones demand a lot more power is the problem. Yeah, that's true. I suppose back in the day, all I used my phone for was texting and snake. Yeah, there was like 12 pixels and all of those are just like on off. There wasn't oh, like any, any complicated stuff going on. The thing I always find funny about mobile app developers is people who try to cash in on snake by being like, it's back to the original snake and it's still got like 3D graphics and it's all jazzy and hip and cool. And you're like, this is not the original snake. Original the original snake. snake was a green and black screen. No, sorry, green and grey screen. Yeah. With literally, yeah, you could count the number of pixels on it. That's OG Snake. Bring it back, everyone. That's also my nickname. I'm the OG Snake. OG Snake. Wow. Uh, it's also my rap name. It's a solid nickname. Very. I'm very happy for you having such a cool nickname. Yeah. That you definitely yeah. didn't just dub yourself. <laughs> Cease Operate episode 139. Welcome, everybody. Back again. We're happy you're here. I'm <laughs> even happy I'm here. Oh, really? Yeah. Good. Well, I'm happy you're here too, James. Yeah. Life, life is much better when you're here. Aww. Uh, I must apologize. You made that real. To your listeners. That was real. Yeah, it was, that was some, some sentiment right there. Yeah, that felt nice. Uh, must, yeah, I must apologize because we did have an extended hiatus slash summer holiday slash parliamentary recess. Yeah. And then we came back, and then we had a week and a half off. Yeah. I, th- I would blame that on just having incredibly busy lives last week. Yeah, it's the summertime, and apparently, for us, that means it's busy. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so, but also just, like, lots of... I was going to say extraterrestrial, that's not what I mean. Extraordinary. <laughs> Clearly not enough sleep. Extraordinary things have been happening. I, I mean, like, just th- things out of the routine, not like, oh, uh, Jupiter has pulled me into its gravity, and therefore my menstrual cycle is off. Now, you know what? I think if Jupiter managed to pull just one person from Earth into its uh, gravity well, gravity zone of effect, that would be pretty the cool. The thing is... That would... Like, just one person just drifted. It's not... It's That like, kind of excuse is not unheard of. My old flatmate from Heinland, Karen, who's mid-50s, if she's still out there, hi, Karen. You were so weird. Hey, Karen. She would regularly say that she couldn't sleep because she could sense the vibrations from the moon. The moon. And I'm pretty sure that only affected her. She was pretty confident about that. 
I'm not sure the moon vibrates. Because she certainly thought it, would, thought it did. I think it's just like a big rock. That's a circle. <laughs> I'd, uh, yeah, I mean, I lasted seven weeks in that flat. Actually, she asked me to move out. So I can't, I don't know what, what I was saying or doing that was worse than that. Maybe you're amplifying the moon. <laughs> Maybe Jupiter's gravitational pull was... Maybe that's what caused the and vibrations. Yeah, yeah the, the Jupiter <laughs> gravitational pull that you experienced was... was uh, amplifying the moon moon vibrations yeah That's okay it. so uh, sorry everybody Karen. i'm very sorry uh that we we disappeared but i promise <laughs> yeah let's say promise that we will try not to do that again yeah that will definitely happen promise to try promise to try yeah okay well the shout out to everybody else who got in touch uh, david thank you for letting us know that um you were relieved that we were back he said phew i've been phew. worried phew they're not dead <laughs> which is nice uh izzy <laughs> uh is also she also liked the tweet that said that we were back. So thanks for that, Izzy. Uh, and also, we, is that how low we're getting? We're, we're calling out likes. No, no. I just wanted to to reference her because she's a long. She's listened to it, uh, like Ross Cray has listened to literally every single episode. Yeah, as we've, far as I'm aware, one or two people that have done so, and you know, I'm sorry to every single one of them. We must be well. We must be doing something right. We must be either we're doing something right or they're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose you could argue that. Maybe, maybe they're just like us they see it as a priority for their week they're like my week wouldn't be complete if i didn't have to operate yeah i definitely see it as a priority you know <laughs> i would i would choose recording this over like a good dinner any dinner <laughs> I would, yeah i would choose recording this over sleep uh, anyway welcome to the show everybody uh i'm colin he's james yep and we're back to talk about uh, the news of the week. Talking, let's see, Guardians of the Galaxy, Star Wars, Star Trek. The news of the week in four days or so. <laughs> Black Mirror, Donald Trump, Bangladesh, Info Wars, and Glasgow 2018, the European Championships that nobody cares about. But we'll get to that. Uh, let's I know at least with... one person that cares. Okay, well, it wasn't me. Let's start with James Gunn, who is, or rather was, the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. He uh, did the first two and had written most of the third. And then last week, uh, an alt-right blogger slash spokesperson slash minor celebrity called Mike Chernovich uh, dug up some of James Gunn's old tweets from about 10 years ago. A very long time ago. Uh, which James Gunn has previously apologised for, mm-hmm. but he dug them up again and uh, they're, they're pretty bad. It's, just, it's essentially pedophile jokes. It's, they're not funny. Well, what it is, is an attempt at edgy dark humour. Yes. With the emphasis on attempt. Right. So, Mike Chernovich brought them up, and after a storm online, Disney fired him from Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. And he then reiterated, he was like, I'm very sorry if I, if I offended anybody, I've apologised for this in the past, uh, blah, 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 blah. The cast then came out last week, all the major players of, of Guardians of the Galaxy, so that's Dave Bautista, Bradley Cooper... Uh, Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, etc., etc., and all wrote a big joint letter um, defending the director and saying that Guardians of the Galaxy without him isn't Guardians of the Galaxy. And then most recently, Dave Bautista's, uh, who's, who's not letting this go, by the way, has tweeted that working for Disney is pretty nauseating. Oh. Uh, so after all that, and he he said he will do Guardians of the Galaxy 3, yeah. but only because it's in his contract, not because he wants to. Right. So all in all, a pretty unhappy camp. James, uh, what do you make of this and and kind of the timeline, the way it's unfolded? Should James going to be fired and will Disney rehire him? I don't think Disney will rehire him, no matter how much support from the cast or the internet he he'll, he he might get. Right. Uh, Disney seemed to be a 
company that once you've put your anchors in, that's it. Maybe they'll, maybe they will rehire him. It would surprise me though. I think it was Disney and people in general online falling for what should we call it? Was it Mike something? Mike Chernovich, yeah. Yeah, Mike's little ploy. Mike clearly wanted to make this an issue and it worked. I don't think it should have been purely because it happened. One, it was attempts at humor, which even if you've got poor attempts at humor, it kind of covers all things. Like he was trying to be funny. He was trying to be funny. He was failing to be funny. Fail- yeah, failing to be funny. Maybe if you're making a films that are supposed to be funny is a fireable offense. But I don't think Disney fired him because he's not funny. They fired him because apparently he was too offensive. I've I've read the jokes. They were pretty bad. They were touching on dark, dark things. But he already had said, like when he originally got the job, I believe, he posted that he apologized for the way he was in the past and mm-hmm. that he wasn't that anymore. I he Like this had already been dealt with as far as these things go. I don't see why upon a second inspection, they need to change their stance. Yeah, so you're right. He has brought this up before, has apologised for it before, and Disney were aware of it. Yeah, And so this isn't like new information to anyone. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure what's caused it. Was it, I mean, it just seems like it's purely been the online maelstrom, if you like, Yeah. of, of abuse that Disney were getting for being like, you're hiring someone who's, a, who's in a pedophile ring. Of course, the conspiracy theories, theory started right away. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah and, and now he's gone. My, my question, James, then is where's the line? What's, what's the line of this is offensive, but this isn't offensive. And sorry, mate, I know you did the first two and you did pretty good with them, but this third one, no, it's not yours. Well, and also, where does this leave that third film? Well, I'm assuming the third film will just get made by one of the standard Marvel directors. But who would who would even want to do it now when they've seen the state it's in? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know. Um, it will it will get made because it's a like a billion dollar franchise, basically. Yeah. But as far as where the line is in terms of what you can and can't say, I'd say the internet and the current culture has it in the wrong place. We are veered too far onto the safe side, wherein somehow things that are meant to be humorous are taken as fireable offences regularly. And maybe some of them should be, but I don't think something from 10 years ago that was just bad jokes should be. Mm-hmm. Whereas okay. if someone was trying to be funny, but instead they were just outright racist, you know, that's a bad sign and probably is a fireable offence. But it seems like currently, at least online, we've just got this outrage culture where if anything is questionable, people will try and find a way to be really angry about it. And it's like almost a competition as to who can be the most angry about something. I think there's also the line of kind of historical context in that 10 years ago, you post that and nobody bats an eyelid. Yeah. If he'd posted that this week, then yeah, okay, fair enough, that uh, reaction probably would have been justified but they're digging up stuff from 10 years ago when i know this sounds ridiculous but it was kind of a different time then yeah the internet was still kind of more fresh more new twitter especially absolutely on twitter was a yeah. place where everyone was just trying to find any voice to get any sort of um recognition and also and gun wasn't a funny guy apparently james gunn's background is in that kind of shock humor i mean i don't know i can't remember the name of of some of his older stuff but it's you know it's like b movie satire horror with yeah. like gross out gags and all that like that is his background no i've heard i've heard far worse jokes said on stage to an audience yeah um and no one bats an eye because that's just where 
like it's clearly in the context so it is again like again we've said about some things in the past it is it has to all be about context okay uh, let's let's just go on to talk about kind of the other side of of, uh, of of things and how far you take something including the inclusion of dead people in new films talking of carrie fisher oh, right, yeah. in star wars 9 so the cast has been announced for the next star wars movie which comes out next christmas but carrie fisher who of course passed away in 2016 has also been included in the cast now james if you remember in rogue one yeah they took peter cushing's likeness cgi'd it he's been, he's been dead for for a long long time and they cgi'd his performance in so he could essentially reprise his character from back in the day yeah and they did the same thing with young carrie fisher yeah so they had pretend young carrie fisher and pretend pete both were like passable but there was still the kind of uncanny valley effect where you could look at it and you were like to look at, yeah. this doesn't look quite right mm-hmm. so my question then would be Carrie Fisher has now died they uh, are talking about using b-roll footage and stuff they haven't used from previous Star Wars films how do you feel I think I think the Carrie Fisher's kind of estate has given them permission to do this how do you feel about about that because the thing is the conversation she's been having in those B-rolls and in those takes that haven't been used will not make any sense to, to what they're talking about in episode 9. Apparently they found a way to make it make sense. Really? That's what it sounds like. It sounds like they found a way to manipulate the stuff they had to create an ending for the character. And who knows what that will look like. But if they've managed to find a way to write the character an ending with using stuff they've already shot, then and it's got the family saying that it's an acceptable conclusion and thing to do, I'd say it sounds great. I'm glad they're not going for CGI or anything unusual like that or just completely recasting the character, which would both be, like I think, reasonable things to do. But I think the best option is to use what you already have. I mean, there's there's two options. There's, there's for example, what they did with Paul Walker in Fast and Furious 7. In that they had shot some of the film already. Yeah. But they did the rest of the stuff with like his brother. Yeah. So it, it was it was kind of him. And then they took old shots of him and kind of inserted his face into various shots. And sure, you could tell... Yeah. Like there was some CG work, yeah. Yeah, you could tell some of the shots had been faked up. But I think, certainly for that film, it worked. Because it gave him a sending off. It gave him like uh, leaving the franchise. And it was really well done. I really liked it. The issue with Carrie Fisher is that I don't think they can kill her off. And if they do give her like a big emotional departing scene, there's going to have to be some sort of like farewell or some sort of goodbye and all that. And I'm just not convinced you could do that without it being like, st- like with for, for Fast and Furious 7, it really worked. Like it was a perfect send off for Carrie Fisher. I'm just not convinced they can do that. Well, the thing is with Carrie and her departing the film, I... I don't think there's any characters left in the film that would need some huge, big goodbye. Do you think they might literally kill her off? I'm not sure if they'll kill her off. Like, if the, like uh, that would be a bold choice and not a wrong choice if the family said it's good. I think the most important thing here is that you do it in a way that res- is respectful of the bereaved. Right. And respectful of the other cast as well, like, who are like a secondary family. So as long as everyone involved in both those sides is happy, you should be fine. I But I, since we've seen both, well, like basically all the old guard in terms of Star Wars characters uh, die already. Yep. Spoiler alert. Sorry, everyone. 
I don't think Harry needs some big emotional speech because who's left? Like a bunch of kids? She doesn't. None of them are closely linked to her. Okay. So it could just be some small thing. Well, we'll wait and see. That comes out next December. And talking off bad CGI, look at me seamlessly linking, seamlessly linking into topics here. Yeah. I saw Ant Man and the Wasp oh. this weekend. Oh. <laughs> it is enjoyable. I think it's one of the weaker Marvel films. I don't think it's bad. I do, like compared to you know Thor: The Dark World, it's not even close to that. Right. I don't think it's as good as the first film either. Oh. But it's so yeah, it's fine. Like for what it is, it's an hour forty-five to waste at the cinema. Yeah, fine. Uh, yeah, it's an acceptable use of your time. Completely unconnected to anything else in the universe besides the post-credit scene, which I'd recommend you stick around for. Okay. Uh, it's like it's fine. The only issue I had with it, and it's not really an issue. It's something I noticed during one of the scenes in which Ant-Man, and this isn't a spoiler, he's having issues with his belt, so he's kind of shrinking between adult, wasp, and, like, child size. Right. And they're in a school whilst this is happening, of course. Mm -hmm. That's real funny if it's in a school. (laughs) Yeah. And so they've obviously, you know, when when they filmed it, they've been filming a child, and they've CGI'd Paul Rod's face onto the child. Oh no! And it's just again, that it's just works. not. It's just not quite right. Yeah, and that never works. Like they've 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 given themselves they've, they kind of helped themselves out a wee bit by do, doing a lot of those shots with the character with his hood up, and it's, it's like back of the head shots. Right. But there's the occasional ones where they've had to you know CG Paul Rudd's face into into this child. Yeah. I just you're just watching it like well, oh. This the thing is, like, a child's proportions are different from a small, like, fully grown man. Well, exactly. Like, if you just had a full grown man and you shrunk him, the proportions are different from a child who has an oversized head. So if you, if you film a child and it plaster someone's face onto it, it just looks, like, really weird every time. Yeah. I th- Not that it happens I, often, but, you know. it's the, f- the film is fine, but that's the main thing I remember from it. Okay. And also, I would say that I'd say the villain, uh, Ghost is yeah not bad okay definitely not definitely not great not very memorable but certainly not the worst and Lawrence Fishburne's very good and Michelle Pfeiffer's also very good and that that's basically it yeah. like I kind of I kind of am excited to see it because I don't want some huge big thing I'm fed up of all the films having to be bigger than all the other films yeah and also they didn't overdo the whole Lewis telling well sorry Michael Pena's character Lewis telling a story in the most ridiculous way like i thought they would totally overdo that but they don't okay yeah okay so they didn't yeah yeah and, and like every every character is kind of given something to do so clearly in the same way uh with some of the other films they've sat down and they figured out but basically they've worked backwards i mean like where do we want this to go okay let's figure out how they get there yeah we're seeing some issues with that in terms well basically all the franchises right now is everyone clearly has an end goal when they start writing a script in any of these sequel franchises or tv series but they don't think about how they're getting there until they've already got the ankle. I would rather they just yeah work their way through each each moment okay. rather, rather than have some specific goal in mind. Have you seen anything this week before I... I have not watched anything this week. Okay. Well, I will trample on then into Luke Cage, which you've already seen. I have. I am three episodes in. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Like, yeah. it's, I can see where the chess pieces are going. Mm-hmm. and the performances are good the one thing i'd say and i've never noticed this in a marvel tv series before some of the editing is a bit weird the editing's weird in which i'd say you know there are random 
30 second scenes it's just really chucked choppy. in yeah it's so choppy like i think it was maybe the first episode or maybe the second episode probably the first one actually in which they're going from you know shades and mariah having a conversation and then you've got 30 seconds of uh bushmaster on a dock yeah and uh and they finish that scene with like a, a camera close-up of his back looking over new york city you're like that's an introduction shot that's not a closing shot and then it just suddenly cuts back to luke cage you're like what that was literally a 30 second scene and what did we establish there so for me from an editorial point of view that's really stuck out i'm just kind of like that was you know, at least give him two or three minutes don't give him yeah. 30 seconds the editing i think i said heavy-handed in one of the times I was talking about yeah. it, you really is the editing is noticeable in Luke Cage. When you don't really want to notice the editor, you definitely do notice the editor it's, in Luke Cage. It's mainly because I think with this long form TV show, you know, you're talking 13 episodes, you're expecting these scenes, and most of them do last a few minutes at least. But what's been most no- most noticeable for me so far is the amount of scenes which are... It looks like they've just been copied and pasted and really cut down. You know, the film... I'm sure that, like... The, I think that's The it. scene itself has been, you know, shot a bazillion times. It lasts, you know, a couple of minutes. But in the actual show, in the finished product, it's a 30-second conversation slotted in and then it's on to the next place. And then before you've, you've even settled down, you're like, oh, we're somewhere else now. Oh, we're somewhere else now. Yeah. And it's very off-putting. Yeah. That being said, I am enjoying it. It's still got my attention. Yeah, uh, and we'll see I would it say as far as things to look out for is just try not to think about the motivations of any of the bad guys aside from Bushmaster. All the rest <laughs> of them are just really dumb people that would never be smart enough to be a crime boss. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to. I mean, I should be finished the the season probably by this time next week. All right, because uh, this week's a lot quieter for me. So I'm hoping we've almost to... talked about Luke Cage as much as we talk about Game of Thrones. That's very true. Oh, what happened to Game of Thrones? Oh yeah, it's not coming back for another. Two years. Yep, still not out. Oh, man. Okay, uh, and just on that related news before we move on, Daredevil, uh, the stuntman, well, a stuntman in Daredevil has posted a behind-the-scenes picture of Matt Murdock and another guy who is the villain in Season 3, and it looks like it's Bullseye. Yeah. Now, Bullseye, if you have ever seen the terrible Ben Affleck Daredevil film, is the guy played by Colin Farrell, (laughs) who... Is meant to be like Daredevil, one of Daredevil's like <laughs> iconic villains. Yeah. And in that film, he is hilariously terrible. Yeah. That film in general is hilariously terrible, though. So, <laughs> yeah. You know. So, what were we thinking about Daredevil in season three? Well, so here's one of the things that I think has added to my disappointment at the end of The Defenders. Yeah. Um, because we're talking about Daredevil season three, I think it's not really spoilers to let you know that at the right, not even as a post credits thing, but as a final scene in the Defenders, they reveal that Daredevil didn't die all oh, in the no, end. Oh no! What? No way! He didn't die. Oh, like, I didn't yeah, know that. they didn't. They, they didn't even wait between an episodes or anything. It was maybe <laughs> he was maybe dead for two minutes, which is just the the most stupid thing in the world. It's shorter than Superman was dead for. Yeah. So I've got this. I've I've seen this theory float about online of how they could have written the ends better and that is to introduce bullseye have him introduced as wilson fisk's agent out in the real world because wilson fisk is just in charge of a prison now so he's probably got a phone and he's just he phones bullseye while bullseye is on the scene for the final episode kind of helping but being a bad guy while he's doing it and his job is to keep daredevil alive so if we know that Bullseye is there and his job is to keep Daredevil alive and then the tower collapses and they don't show us anything aside from that, we've actually got the start of season three of Daredevil there. Well, yeah, I can understand that. But again, this is 
this is TV in which a lot of it has to be spelled out to the viewer. I know we have Westworld and kind of complicated TV shows, but for something like Daredevil, which is meant to be Marvel and kind of quite accessible, you do literally need to be like, oh, look, he is literally not dead. Yeah, but the thing is, if you just introduce... Watch season three. Like, like if all they have to do is, for the, for the finale... Get Wilson Fisk interested in saving the city because that's he likes New York as a city, so he'd want to help yeah. fight the hand and all that stuff, and make him send his agents and make those agents have the job of help save the city, but also don't let the heroes die because they do good things in the city, and it makes sense. And then you okay. don't have to show Matthew Murdock waking up in a bed covered in bandages. You just <laughs> leave it, and everyone everyone knows that he's not dead. You don't have to do any of this. Okay. It was just I am disappointed. Right. Well, but season three, hopefully good. Time is slipping away from us. Let's just go quickly onto some headlines. Star Trek, a new TV series, is being made, and it will feature the return of Patrick Stewart as Captain Picard. James, thoughts on this? Well. If he might be like Captain Picard in a wheelchair suffering from dementia, which, you know... Basically his X-Men character. Yeah, if he just does if he just, if he just does the same thing as Logan, but as Picard, I could if he watched that TV series. Because it's old Picard. Yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be, it's going to be the future of Picard from where he left off. Like an alcoholic. Who knows what he's going to be. But you know, there's high hopes. He's a good actor. And if, they, if the people that are writing this care enough to make a good thing, then they will. But if they're just looking for money, it's probably not going to be great. But it could be good. You're right. They've got the scope to do something really good here with a character who people are fond of. And you could, yeah, you could absolutely kind of delve into the actual man himself as opposed to yeah. just, oh, look, who's this baddie of the week? The actual man who previously was some heroic character, but now old and sympathetic. It could be very interesting. Going on to Stan and Ollie, which is the new biopic about uh, Laurel and Hardy, which features John C. Riley and Steve Coogan. Playing the comedic legends. Genuinely, they look the part so well. So this is the thing. The first poster's come out. It's directed by the guy who did Filth in 2013 with James McAvoy, which Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen, uh, do not watch with your parents, but it is very good. James (laughs) McAvoy is very good in it. Um, What what do we think about this? You're right. The poster is great and the two of them look great. They just look the part. I'm very interested in this film. I don't quite know what the direction it's taking is, but just because of how much care they've clearly put into the look of it, I'm excited. Yeah, okay, good stuff. Uh, and last but not least, uh, in terms of movie and TV, uh, Black Mirror. Now, this is, uh, of course, is the successful Charlie Brooker TV show started at Life on Channel 4 before being moved on to Netflix. Uh, the, I think the very first episode, or maybe the certainly the first season uh, of Black Mirror had the episode The Entire History of You, and I think it was after, episode two. Right, okay. And after that was released, it basically started a bidding war in Hollywood to adapt that episode for a film, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was actually bought by Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. However, five years have now passed and Mr. Downey has uh, decided not to do anything with it, which means if you're going to use the uh, insider phrase, it is stuck in development hell. That is the phrase. Which means we may never see uh, a Black Mirror film. Is that a bad thing? Nope. Why? I, I Maybe I was excited about this film in the past, and then I realised that Black Mirror episodes are so long we basically had a film. Yeah, exactly. The, that episode itself is at least an hour. I don't see what the film could have done that would be better. Yeah, I suppose they maybe add more facets and make it a bit more like dramatic. Maybe something would be, something's blowing up in the background or they have a timer to save. Oh, yeah, no. Hollywood has exclusive right on bomb timers. They <laughs> could have made it better with that. That's very true. Okay, uh, let's move on to our weekly Donald Trump segment. We should really have a jingle for this. Or like a button. What's the jingle? Go, Colin, go. Donald Trump in a podcast. 
Oh, I love it. Okay. I like the fact that it didn't rhyme at all, that there wasn't really much of a tune to it, and there was no meter. I'm sorry. You put me on the spot. The only thing I could think of that went with Trump was dump, and also I didn't want to rhyme those two you've together. Done, you've already done that. Yeah, yeah exactly. You don't want to steal your own work. Okay, so this uh, in the weekly Donald Trump in the podcast news, is, that's going to stick now. Uh, the US president has admitted his son did meet a Russian lawyer <gasps> with the intention of getting dirt on his presidential opponent, Hillary Clinton. Now, <gasps> that's not particularly surprising. What's surprising is he actually admitted it because yeah. the administration, both the president and his kind of wider circle, have been jumping through hoops trying to explain this meeting. First of all, uh, Trump Jr. said it was about adopting Russian children by American families, which has now kind of moved and morphed into, oh, I actually know it was about yeah. meeting uh, her about uh, dirt. But but also, we, we were talking about other things as well. Yeah, I mean, it started off, it didn't happen. And then it became, oh, yeah, but it was it was about something completely different. No politics involved. It's fine, I promise. And then now it's become, okay, no, it was a huge big thing, but it definitely isn't tied to me at all. Not my fault. I, I'm, I'm, I can be absolved of this. And I don't know what his plan is because, you know, that's also not true. It is tied to him. He's also arguing it was legal, which is, you know, the whole thing's being investigated by Robert, Mu- uh, Robert Mueller. And Trump was saying, yes, he did meet him. Did, sorry, did meet her. Yeah. But it's fine. It's fine. It does who cares if he was just trying to find out any bad things about her? Yeah, who cares? Not a big deal at all. So it's such a not a big deal that he didn't even he didn't even think to tell everyone the truth a while ago and he tried to cover it up. It's not a big deal. He tried to cover it up, but that was just because like for funsies or something. What does what kind of implications does this have, his admitting this? Does it do does it progress anything? Does it move the story forward? One, it is clear that again he's panicking about the investigation which, you know, is more and more clear every time he speaks. But two, I think it might be bringing to the surface, like, just a hint of this. I'm not sure if anyone else has picked up on it, that Donald Trump is a liar, and he lies a lot. No way! I know, like, it's really hard to tell, and I think this might be one of the first clues that we've seen, but I think he might be a liar. Well, shock revelations here on Seesaw Parade. We bring the big statements here. (laughs) Other news of the world this week. Uh, Going to Bangladesh in a story which most people have ignored. Uh, And I guess I'll I'll ask why. There have been eight days, at least eight days of student protest. Tens of thousands of students Mm -hmm. have uh, have taken to the streets in Dhaka City after two students were run over by a speeding bus. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the unrest is kind of, yeah, it's starting in the capital, but it's, it's spread across the country. Authorities have now shut down mobile internet services across the country uh, yeah. and now there's violence uh, against the students and the, the prime minister has urged everybody to go home and yeah 100 at least 100 people injured as police fired rubber bullets at demonstrators james what's yeah. what's happening here well, so, yeah, apart so, from everything i just described well, yes, apart from everything you just described <laughs> uh, there's a there's a country that you know is not huge and therefore has historically gotten away with such things as making journalists disappear and, you know, shutting down protests. And they thought they'd get away with it again this time, but the protest maybe got a bit too big and people actually managed to upload things to the internet before it got killed a bit or before all their phones got stolen or their cameras got smashed. There was an image of, like, some young thugs 
smashing a journalist's camera but also smashing his head at the same time it wasn't too appealing but those those thugs are basically sponsored by the government the government's sending out its youth organization to shut down the protest i mean we've discussed before why stories like this and in other countries don't make the headlines here but it's because it just is so far removed from you know oxford and cambridge that people just don't really care right yeah far removed and it feels small to us or it feels small to most everyone. I'm not sh- sure about this. It's kind of like, oh, students in Bangladesh protesting? Oh, I don't care. Yeah, but we, like, we, we really should. And I'm glad that this is getting some traction online. I wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for some Reddit posts. I don't think I've seen... Maybe there was a wee bit of something in the BBC, but that was a day after the Reddit stuff. Yeah, I think The Guardian wrote something, but that was not at the time. Yeah, everyone's a bit late to the game there. But it's thanks to the internet that we're able to get the information out these days. Okay. Not thanks to good journalism. Time is running out, but talking off censorship in a dictator-run country... So from Trump to something back to Trump-related stuff. To China now, where Google (laughs) is uh, in touch with the Chinese government about talks of introducing a censored version of Google. Yeah. So, James, just talk me through how this would work, in theory, and then also we'll discuss why this is a terrible, terrible idea. Well, so, in practice, China already just blocks search results from Google that they want to block. So there is already censorship. Yeah, so if you you search for Tiananmen Square in in China, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, So instead, Google is... I suppose, trying to sneak into their business by offering them the search engine that the government wants, which is not going to be all the information. It's going to be whatever the government specifies. This isn't a new thing. There's been companies, Western companies, have been selling their uh, products to China and have been selling China-specific ones that allow for government control. Mm -hmm. I know that. I'm pretty sure Microsoft already does it with Bing, but no one cares about Bing. Um... (laughs) But Microsoft are scumbags too. It's just a bad sign when Google, the giant that is used, that used to be like the good guy, is just a supporting censorship of information. That's because that's what but it's they're because doing. Because they see, they see. I was going to say the dollar signs. But it's more. It's more the one yen signs. Yeah, they do. It's all for the money. They're trying to get market share, which is such a shame. Like, because because you are kowtowing then to a nation which bans. Free speech, because you're saying, actually, well, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll comply with this, and we'll make sure our website does not let anybody in China actually find out about the real world. Yeah, because currently, if you want to be smart and you're an uh, internet user in China, you chuck a VPN on if you can, and you can get the real Google. Or if you manage to use Google at all, you might get the real results. But now, if Google is making it even harder to get the real Google, it should still be, you should still be able to VPN. So in any of our Chinese listeners, somehow, if you exist, um, you just use a VPN and you'll get real Google. But th- the fact that they're making it harder to get actual information and instead are just supporting the silencing of information on people, it's, it's, just, it's pretty bad. Okay. And they should be ashamed of it, but they won't be because they're a big business. Well, talking of silencing people, our last topic of this week, sorry, penultimate topic of this week, is the news that YouTube, Facebook and iTunes have all dropped Infowars, which is the... Uh, podcast slash brand which is run by the conspiracy theorist um, Alex Jones who is the man who shouts everything he ever says. He does, uh, he really is a shouty shouty boy. He is, yeah, yeah. So in a statement uh, well, Apple removed the podcast first of all mm-hmm. and then said in a statement it does not tolerate hate speech and then on Monday at 3am local time, 
Facebook removed the Infowars page on its platform for using hate speech, and then Alex Jones' channel on YouTube was also terminated. Yeah. Uh, and then in a live stream on Twitter, which is still running, or rather his Twitter is still going, Mr. Jones said Infowars had become the most censored channel on earth. Uh, and Spotify has also now removed the Alex Jones show from its podcast listings and uh, said it was taking reports of hate content seriously. James, what's happened here? Because this, to me, is not just, oh, here's one guy doing it. Oh, and a few weeks later, another company's doing it. It's literally, that's been in the space of, what, 48 hours? And they've all done it? Yeah, all the big boys say that once. And why, and obviously Alex Jones' Infowars is a conspiracy theory kind of podcast, and he he thrives on this stuff. Yeah. Oh, drop my phone. However, but he, is, I'm pretty sure he's... Is there, is there a line where you can say, no, you can't say that, but you can say that? When it comes to tech companies, and this is the issue with the Google censorship thing as well, is I don't think there is any law. I think I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think there's any reason that we can tell them not to do what they've done. Just like there is no reason we can tell Google not to do what they've done, aside from they should feel bad about it. Um, I feel like in the case of Alex Jones stuff, I'm pretty sure it's all pretend. I'm not sure. It might not be all pretend. Uh, what do you mean all pretend? Because wasn't his defense of his show previously that no one would believe it's real anyway, that these opinions are just as a show to get um, money? I think he said something to, to an extent, but no, he genuinely is a nutcase. Like, he's being sued he is a by families at Sandy Hook because he is promoting the th- conspiracy theory that Sandy Hook that was, Sandy Hook was a hoax yeah. to, to further the gun control laws. Yeah, yeah. He's now being sued for that. But he should be able to say these things and get sued for it. Uh, whether or not the co- the companies like Apple or Spotify need to need to support him in saying those things is a bit of a grey area. So are you are you with their decision or not? Uh, I th- I believe that if I was trying to set up a big multi multimedia mass market company, I would prefer to have like user controlled censorship, wherein if something's bad. It just won't get seen because people don't like it. But people do like Infowars, like it's people do like it. So so watch that stuff religiously. So it's it's a really it's a difficult issue. Wherein should you silence anyone? I think everyone should have their voice. I think the fact that it's tech companies or companies or businesses in general makes it a gray area for me. I would prefer it if they didn't seem to be bandwagoning. If they all were making their own individual decisions, because this very much seems like a bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, which is a worry. I think people need to be smart about what they say on the internet, which Alex Jones isn't. Um, but I don't think this is an infringement on his freedom of speech because that's a thing for governments to respect, but businesses don't okay. have to. That's that's a fair point. Uh, I think what I would say is, as much as I detest Alex Jones and think the stuff he does is poisonous and yeah, it is completely unhelpful... I mean, that's a very polite way of putting it. You're completely unhelpful, Infowars. You're, you're just an unhelpful boy. <laughs> um, he's like, what he's doing is if they're censoring him, if they're saying, no, you can't have that stuff on here, then again, like, where do you draw the line? Do do we get taken off because I, I, I don't know, one time make an off color joke or. Or because we make fun of Trump. Because we make fun of Trump. Yeah. What, like, where is that line? And I think if you if, I think if you start this whole censorship and removing things, then then where do you stop? I mean, I understand if it's things like I don't know jihadi videos or beheadings on Facebook, what have you. I mean, I think at some point you do say yes, yeah. that is bad. We can't we can't tolerate that. But if yes, you're talking so about some guy shouting speech. into a microphone on a YouTube show, 
I mean, sure, what he's saying is total rubbish and polluting the atmosphere, but is it beheading people? No. Yeah, or is it encouraging violence? I'm I'm not sure yeah. it is. I haven't listened to enough of his stuff to know if he calls for attacks on people or if he calls for people to be brigaded and stuff like that. There, there are certainly lines that shouldn't be crossed on these platforms. Um, you have to be... like It's what you're saying. These companies are really stepping onto a difficult line when they start yeah. censoring as yeah. to where they should stop censoring or what the rules to censoring are. And none of these companies make it clear. Especially YouTube. You've seen that recently with the advertisement drops and with the PG ratings or the 18 ratings that are secret on videos and, and people getting their channels deleted and they never tell you why. So I believe that if you are going to start censoring, you have to have a clear, clear set of rules or guidelines and you need to tell anyone who's suffering because of the consequences why they are. But you need to be able to say, you're getting blocked, here's why, not just you're yeah. getting blocked because of hate speech. Okay, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do so on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Gmail. I've not checked the Snapchat in forever, I'm very sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I will, I'll, I'll post, you know what, I'll, try, I'll try and post a bit more regularly now. Uh, You've got two phones. I do. I do. Um, you know, for my drug dealing. <laughs> no, wait. Oh, three phones, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Come on, keep up, James. The uh, last topic I want to talk about very briefly for people who are in the lovely city of Glasgow is the championships that nobody knows about. European championships in Glasgow, the first time ever that multiple sports have, her- have held their European championships as part of one big event. Uh, so you've got rowing, swimming, synchronized swimming, gymnastics, BMXing, and cycling, both on the track and the road, and the athletics, because Hamden is just terrible, is in Berlin. <laughs> the issue I've been having, James, is that I don't think the promotion for this event has been any good at all. Nope. And I don't think people care, because it's not a, it's not the Commonwealth, it's not the Olympics. Well, it's just not been marketed. Who's, whose fault is that, then? Who's the broadcaster? Well, the BBC are broadcasting all the all the stuff and they've claimed copyright, right. but I don't think it's up to them to promote it in the city, is it? Well, I think it's up to them to promote it on the channel. They definitely do for the Winter Games yeah. and for the Olympic Games or for the Commonwealth Games. They, they have promotions running for like six months before them. So everyone knows when it's that's coming. True. So in terms of people watching on TV, that's the BBC's fault. They're doing a bad job of marketing their own shows. In terms of getting people to attend then that's up to the organisers. Whoever did the bid for Glasgow hosting it is messing up. Okay. I don't know how they're promoting it, but I didn't even know it was coming up until someone, one of my friends who actually cares about athletics was talking about it. So it's, it's almost like a word of mouth thing. You don't know unless you're in the circle. Well, I would say uh, if you're planning to drive anywhere in Glasgow on Wednesday, don't because... Yeah, no driving on Wednesday. Most of Glasgow is going to be shut down for this time trial. Which... Yeah. Uh, yeah, bodes well for anyone who has a job, <laughs> because you're just not uh, going to be able yeah, to get to it. Or a job that requires commuting. Have fun, <laughs> yeah. everyone. Okay. James, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, Thank you very much. I would like to apologize to everyone that has survived this long. <laughs> I think we just spoke a lot of nonsense there. But, no, that was, that was some engaging conversation, I thought. Do let, us, do let us know your opinions and how much you think we're incorrect. And We'd if like anyone has that. made it this far, the code word for t- to send to us... Frumpkins. Frumpkins, yep. <laughs> if you make it this far, send it on. And we'll yeah, see do. if we get any responses. <laughs> I hope I'm someone say just we like, get one. I, I hope that you're walking down the street one day and you just hear it whispered in your ear. <laughs> Frumpkins. It'll be, it'll be me. Frumpkins.
whispering in your own ear. Listen to the 